You're listening to the Make Love to Life podcast. So let's make love to life. Hello. Hey. Welcome on my podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> yes. Um, I've invited you many times, but you seem very busy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I need to get to my secretary. Sometimes my wife has plans for me, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes my husband distracts me and suddenly I forget yeah. that we had planned this many yeah. times. Yeah, so here we are in Chiang Rai. Mm -hmm. Taking a month, actually five weeks, in a kind of random place. That's not random, it's just another city, another small city. But we are surrounded by trees. It was super important to leave Chiang Mai. Uh, because of the noise and uh, with the pregnancy I just needed space and silence and nature mm -hmm. and wow it's been such a blessing for us to, to get here and be upgraded into this villa and have all of this space and quiet and beautiful time for you and me yeah it's great it's like a, we have a four we're in a four bedroom bed and breakfast type thing but there's no one here so it's just it's all for us it's like we have this little manor which is nice. Yeah, and we're in such transformation, not just the pregnancy and thus becoming parents, but it seems like many aspects of our lives are are wanting to be redirected. Uh, our home, but also very much we're in a transition of wanting to see like how will the pregnancy and parenthood um, affect what we do in life, like our work. Mm -hmm. And so right now we're focusing very much on aligning, doing sex magic practices, uh, prayer, connection, to really just allow the vision to come. Yeah. I mean, even before we talked, I wanted this month for myself to be about reconnecting to my spirituality, which I've kind of dissociated from. And I think, yeah, as the whole thing with um, becoming a parent, just, it's just a totally different role. I almost feel like a different... The things that I wanted or the things that I thought I was caring about I are just different. It's like I've, I've just a different character. So, yeah, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting few days already. Yeah. New identity. Yeah, so we were talking about this recently, um, that you have actually entered this transition. I mean, both of us, but let's first put the, the shine, the spotlight on you. Because... Yeah, the transition actually already happened almost as a way of preparing ourselves into for parenthood. Because uh, almost a year ago, you started talking about wanting to let go of aspects of your work. No? Mm -hmm. Anything you want to share? Yeah, I just don't... Uh, I'm still really interested in life stories, but I don't feel really... I don't... I haven't felt driven to be a coach for a long time. In fact... For actually for like two or three years, when introduced, like say on someone else's podcast, I don't let them call me a, a coach. Like I just don't like the term. There's some judgments in there about the industry, but I'll leave that aside. It's just like, it's just not the thing that was kind of my obsession for many years. Um, and yeah, I kind of just, I just want to do something different. And then when I think about as a father, like, yeah, the things that are important to me are the things that are 
important to me be, to be seen as even like, from, even from an ego perspective, are very different than what I wanted as a 20 year old, 20 something single person. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what exactly it is. That's the kind of the point. It's yeah. A, it's an unknown. We're a little bit in this, I don't know space. And it's, yeah, recently I was sharing with a girlfriend of mine that the, the kind of trust you need for yourself to navigate life or to be confident in, in embarking on adventures or trying new things or taking risks. I kind of feel like you and I both have established that for ourselves and already stepping into our relationship mm. has opened up doors for deeper layers of trust to be discovered. But where we are now, where it's like, okay, we're literally facing the unknown with parenthood and pregnancy and all of these different phases that come. Um, and obviously the birth and then the child itself. But on top of that, not exactly knowing where we're building our nest and where we're going from there or when we're leaving Thailand, which is kind of what we want, but we're not exactly sure when and exactly mm -hmm. what, how and if. And the same for our work. It's like it's in this transformation. So somehow we're being touched on all these levels simultaneously. And I was sharing with a girlfriend that I kind of feel like the way that we are asked to trust is something that can only be uh, understood by doing it together. Yeah. Actually, I just, I'm realizing this now. It's like uh, I used to look at my early and mid twenties as like my spiritual start because I was doing so, so many things on faith that I didn't know anything. And it felt like such an adventure, even though it was scary. And I actually thought that that those emotions were behind me. Like I wasn't going to have that kind of adventure again. And I'm just only realizing the second, like, oh yeah, it's, it's actually these same emotions again in a very different life stage because of the fact that it's entering change. And like, I can't plan for what yeah. seems productive or makes sense because I yeah. don't know. And it's like, it's actually really freeing. Like it's actually, it's actually been really freeing. if like thinking about letting go and kind of starting over to a degree. Or, you know, some sort of recreation. Cause, yeah, by the virtue of it, we can't, we can't plan for it. You know? Yeah. So it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes faith because, you know, the things that I know or what, you know, what things that we know is what pays the bills and all that stuff. But. And uh, it really takes two. Yeah. Cause like if it were only you wanting to sacrifice an aspect of your purpose, it will be one thing, right? I would just be supporting you in that process. But it's like both. And so we kind of take turns in supporting each other and, you know, mourning an aspect of our past. Or what I've seen for myself is that the moment I try to understand what is coming, uh, for example, Dare to Love is coming up. I don't know <laughs> if I'm meant to do this now. A part of me really wants to do it because I love Dare to Love and I've, I've just loved it so much. Like it's so powerful to do that with a group. And a part of me wants to celebrate the, the final achievements of my entrepreneurship of my maidenhood before fully stepping into motherhood. But at the same time, I need to open up to whatever, uh, will those spots be filled? Yes or no. And, and like you say, it's kind of freeing. And there are times where a part of me feels like, no, it has to be like this. Da, da, da. But whenever I step into that zone of it has to be like this, nothing seems to flow. But if I step into the zone of whatever, I bet those spaces can be filled either really rapidly or not at all. And I can be at peace with either or. And, and so pregnancy itself, I mean, we're 
just entering the second trimester. And it has shown me already that, you know, there's this ultimate presence demanded of me to be so present and so caring of what it is that I need and, and how I, or how we feel, what we need, that it either feels good in the present or it doesn't. And so we're reminding each other of this. We're doing sex magic practices every day. We've set a really clear intention for ourselves and it's predominantly to just open up to receive that insight and that guidance rather than aiming for it. And whenever we try to aim, it's like uh, met by resistance. But whenever we step into, okay, what will be, will be, we get handed a mansion <laughs> with a great view surrounded by peace and nature and a, and a lake and hot springs yeah. with the discount on top of it, which we didn't, you know, it's like this unexpected gifts arrive. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, to be specific, there's a lot of unknowns even a couple of weeks ago. We weren't even sure if we are going to leave. But then Nalaya posted our house. We had to rent our house. We spent a lot of time and energy putting this house together that we're not staying yeah. in. And then within two hours, we had rented it to this perfect couple. It's really nice. And we trust them with our stuff and, our, and everything. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is like, this is, you know, uh, what's the word? Evidence. This is, this is like the evidence of, of this faith. You know, there's something here, right? We're getting positive feedback from reality. Yeah. If it flows that you know. quickly, that smoothly, that effortlessly. And I used to, li I mean, I'm sure you, you as well. I think, I think it's easier when you're young and broke or young and like you have nothing that you're attached to, yeah. to just like be like, okay, you know, I'll figure it out, you know, like, <laughs> and I, you know, I actually over the last couple of years, I've kind of had a disdain for that kind of thinking, you know, a little bit in myself. Of like, you know, you have to be more productive, you have to plan, save for the future, blah, blah, blah. And I think all of those are true too. But it's really nice to re-enter that space of wonder and trust and like yeah, everything will work out and take care of itself. And I think the difference is, because you're right, like I'm just thinking about the time that I moved to India. I sold all my stuff, booked a one-way ticket, filled my backpack, had not even researched anything regarding this country. I just knew I had to go. But it was so drastic, and I even filled in my family members like a month before I left because I didn't want people's opinion to interfere with my journey. And it was really just so courageous, but at the same time a little bit on the innocent side. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you have so much courage because you just don't, like you lack the life experience. You're being the fool. Yeah. You, don't know, you don't know what can hurt you, so you can do things. And it was such an incredible, but like you say, like there were no real strings attached. Mm -hmm. I'd saved up enough money. I had my university degree. It was enough to just say, okay, yalla, and see what, what the universe presents, right? And now, because there's a child coming and because we have more life experience and therefore it's this full state with wisdom, it's like, there has to be an aspect of innocence, but no longer the ignorance. Yeah. The stakes are higher. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I look at my goals and then my, my, some of my delusions or my visions of, I should say visions of grandeur. I feel like a lot more grounded now. Actually, when we were falling in love at first, we, we talked about that. Like this feels like the, the falling feeling that falling in love feels like, but without the delusion, without yeah. the, like there's something that seemed like this isn't, this isn't, just high on hormones like yeah. there's something solid here yeah um which is nice but i was gonna say you mentioned this um it is different doing it together because when you're doing it alone whatever life stage it's easy to feel guilty when you're you know the part of you that's attached to the way things sh seem should be you know like yesterday i was feeling really shitty 
about some things that I'm letting go of from my past, some things that I'm just changing directions. If I was by myself as a single person, I might not, not even have the courage, but even have the awareness to, to do what feels right. I would, I'd be too attached to what seems good on paper. But having someone who feels confident the day that I feel down kind of like allows, allows the ship to steer correctly, you know? Yesterday was amazing. For you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that conversation, like when we have those kind of conversations, I, I feel my heart open more to you and I feel, yeah, just this real strong, tr even though you're in a place where, cause it's part of the process and, and, but there's a letting go in you and, and that's just so gorgeous to witness. Yeah. I mean, just to be, yeah, to share a little bit, like I won't go into the specific specifics, but I was just letting go of some things that have been ambitions that honestly haven't worked out. And I had to like get real, real with myself. Is it like my stopping out of fear or maybe being realistic or is it partly the fact that I just don't want these things anymore? And there was there, there, the thing that was, that's been painful is that there is a part of me that's attached to this vision that I almost don't even care about, but because I had it, you know what I mean? Like there's that, yeah, I guess it's ego attachment, which is the opposite of this like faith thing that we're talking about. But it's also logical because both you and I have, through our own life experience, really created something that is more solid than it was five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so to reach this point, like, yeah, within our creations and the effects we're having on the lives of our clients, et cetera, and the feedback we're receiving, and actually the things that we're doing have become easier mm -hmm. because we embody it so much. But because we embody it so much, we're both just ready for a transformation. <laughs> and I'm actually happy that we're both like this. Like I know this of myself. And at the same time, it's like sometimes I look at people's lives and they just for 20 years onwards, they do the same thing. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I wonder what a life like that would be like. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's solid. But I like the transformation. And it, to me, it really makes sense, especially when we upgrade. And what we are aiming for is something that we haven't been able to achieve alone, knowing that there's something in the power of coming together because the trust and the love amplifies and the connection to all that is amplifies when we really focus together mm. and open up to receive together. Yeah. Yeah, and as for me, and this, this transition has been a little bit more, like, I guess, intensified, sped up than you because I saw you entering this at the end of last year and I thought it was really beautiful especially when you were focusing on making the history of masculinity podcast because you were just shifting your focus to like intelligent men men of substance men who have already life experience like really just meeting men right as opposed to people who are in in drastic dramatic um, life changes and needing acute assistance which is also really beautiful but that shift in you i could see that was a shift in maturity and as for me i thought i could continue with there to love and make love to life and all of these aspects regarding um the primal self and how the dance of attraction takes place within dating etc and yet becoming pregnant in the midst of setting up a strategy <laughs> for there to love suddenly my ambition left me it was like it's very hard to put to words it's like there's such an abstractness to the experience of presence being pregnant 
that all of these masculine traits that any woman in business or any woman in entrepreneurship oh watch out there's a puppy there's a puppy stepping on a cord <laughs> and so within the first trimester wait yes you can sit here <laughs> within the first trimester there were all of these deep feelings and even the nausea and things like that asking me to realign like even when i look at the nausea i mean it's 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 too much for one person with her first pregnancy to state like it's like this but i have to say my experience was beyond the physical beyond saying oh this is normal for pregnant women to experience nausea but rather it was something is out of alignment and you have to listen and the moment i went to nature for example to listen more clearly all my symptoms of nausea and fatigue left me okay <laughs> sorry i'm just watching the puppy and so it really taught me in a very quick way to to navigate those very subtle but yet very profound ways that the child and this transformation of my body and where we're heading towards what it was showing me and so within these months not only was you know my connection to food and to sleep and to dream and to what it is that i need regarding home and nature etc what was important but also simultaneously feeling this this release of my ambition this release of this strong masculine entrepreneur within me that has been my drive for all these years like i was talking to Rowan recently saying that you know a lot of this sexual energy was very much pumped into my business and pumped into my creations and and now that i'm pregnant it's almost like the value of that looking at that is so much less than what we are experiencing now and i've always known that this is my higher purpose regardless of how much love and energy i put into my work and that is not to say that i won't continue working with people i think First of all, I will always make exceptions for the people who've been working with me for years and who've been following me for years. And so that kind of work would always be there, but the whole concept of one-on-one and courses and that focus on manifesting love, I think will have to make room like it almost doesn't make sense to keep it whilst creating a family. Yeah, I think one thing that's become clear to me as a reminder, I guess, is that there are way more important things than your to-do list, you know, like, uh, yeah, like a pregnancy. I, I mean, I've been teasing you on this, but like pregnancy is your full-time job, right? Everything else is kind of a secondary thing. Of course, like and any, any parent is like this, right? Like that's the most important thing. You know, you'll rearrange everything else. Outside of that, most of us forget that you can rearrange everything, including your work or what you think you should be doing what's really important which in our case is family but it could be many other things that are not are not things that anyone else from the outside will tell you to do like there's no no customers or bosses or employees or whatever you know yeah and i just wanted to say uh-huh i guess to the men out there or maybe the fathers to be honestly the words that you kept on reminding me like very much in the beginning when there were all these intense waves of emotions you just kept on reminding me that i'm already doing so much because i'm pregnant 
Mm-hmm. And when you look at the development of the fetus in the very, very beginning stages, even though it's still invisible from the outside, I think the most is actually happening right in the beginning. And the way that women will be affected moment to moment differently, like to hear those reminders from you of like, you're already having a full-time job being pregnant, even if a day passes and you don't do anything, you've already fulfilled your task by being pregnant and all you need to do is be pregnant. It's like, fuck, those are like the most beautiful and most soothing words for a pregnant woman to receive, especially someone who's lived a lifestyle like me where I am of service to others, where, you know, pregnancy demanded me to cancel things or to limit the amount of people I was working with or to hand even more tasks to other people that work for me. Um, but especially this reminder over and over and over again has just been really, really beautiful and empowering. And I wish for more men to say that to their women. Yeah, it's wild that anyone expects any pregnant woman to do stuff. Yeah. Right? Like you're, I mean, just, yeah. just like think like you're creating a human inside of your body. It's like, damn. <laughs> like why, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then like the fact that maternity leave is so short. All those things. It's like that, that I think is messed up about society. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Like I love certain aspects of my work, but the whole concept of keeping time, keeping track of time, keeping track of the processes of my clients. And even with the pregnancy amnesia, which I think a lot of people go through, it's like usually I have this memory database that it doesn't matter how long I haven't spoken to my clients. I just pick out that file from my brain and know exactly what was said, etc. And now it's just a very different reality where it's costing me that much more um, energy to be present and to remember and to understand the whole timeline, etc. It's a bit hard to explain because the whole reality thing is, is quite abstract right now, but it is over and over again making me wonder, fuck, how do other women do this? Like, how do they do this? Like, it's really fascinating. I think I want to talk to more women about this. I think oxytocin, this is, this is just a theory, yeah, bro science theory, but I think oxytocin uh, does change time perception. Something at times like uh, when flooded with oxytocin, like you, you, time just feels different. Like when you're falling in love, time just feels different. And like you must have flooded with some hormones, maybe it's not oxytocin. Like this morning, we <laughs> were supposed to record this this morning. So I blocked off the entire morning, and I was just waiting around. It's like it's like you were like, uh, "Oh yeah, I just need to, I just need to eat something. I'll be there in a minute." And like four hours later, she's like, "Okay, you ready?" It's like, "No, no, it's like it's two p.m. I have to, I have to do stuff." I, <laughs> like, no, but like, yeah, but that, I have like, honestly, I have, I have no idea what happened to the time. Seriously. Like you went to go eat something for five minutes before I was. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I remember also sitting on a chair and watching these beautiful surroundings and playing with our puppies, but I swear that could not have taken two hours. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's one of the most important things. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, you have to make survival uh, needs. I, you know, I've been, I don't know, I think I have been affected too because I've been mm-hmm. forgetful and my words have been jumbly right like since you got pregnant yeah you have been forgetful and it's not like a lot of times i don't know a word i'm trying to say like right now yeah what am i trying to say and also i used to get stung by mosquitoes a lot more and then since i'm pregnant he's the one getting stung 
Yeah, it must be some Georgian pheromones. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say, uh, yeah, obviously you have to meet your survival needs. But other than that, like, you know, like I was talking to my buddy Chris about this. Like, when you do acid or when you, when you take drugs and, or something to have an enjoyable experience, what do most people end up doing? They end up, like, just watching the sunset, feeling completely at peace, or, like, just looking at a tree or just watching a puppy. Like, that's enough. And, like, that's actually the experience we're trying to have beneath everything uh, but mm. we feel about other stuff because we feel like you have to do stuff like, even like relaxation for a lot of people becomes like a thing you have to accomplish more like i notice myself sometimes feeling i need to rush to get to do the fun thing i want to do usually on a screen if, if i feel that time solicited anyway my point is yeah i mean we did miss our our podcast time <laughs> but, but, but you're doing are. important stuff i guess yes i was being who knows how watching a puppy affects the the child being born? Yeah, actually, we we got them probably exactly on like a day after conception. Yeah, we conceived on the twenty seventh. Yeah, yeah. Of May. Yeah, and we got them the next day. Yeah. Oh yeah, we and saw them. We saw them in the. We saw our puppies in on the, your birthday. On my birthday, which was a week earlier. We didn't get them <clears> that day though. And I remember getting the puppies and immediately this flush of maternity feelings came and watching, you know, us divide certain tasks, just naturally, you know, how we do things. But of course, we needed to train them and take care of all kinds of things like pee and poo and dirt. Think, we just gave them a bath. Do you think it uh, made your eggs stick around longer? Likely. Because you keep very tight track of your... Uh Ovulation window, and we thought we were in the safe zone. Yeah, so just for background information, me tracking my cycle, taking my temperature every day, checking my yoni juice, so the juices that come from my vagina, has been my contraception for more than 10 years, and without any surprises or accidents, no? So it's been, for me, really a very safe mode. And then my body was giving signs that ovulation had passed, like the signs I know. Usually, however, I would I would wait an extra day. <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay, ovulation passed, let's wait one more day, and then we're in the safe zone. And this time my, I was like, no, yeah, we're in the safe zone. <laughs> yeah. And we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was meant to be. Because yeah. right before we became pregnant, I remember making a joke saying, you know what, let's stop planning, but also let's not be that safe anymore. Because we had been talking about yeah. it for two of like, oh, we need to get pregnant this blah, time, so we're born and there, and it was blah, like, blah, blah. it was getting, oh, but actually the month before, we thought oh, you were yeah. pregnant because you were late on your period. And we were sad. And then we, when, yeah, then we were sad that you weren't. Yeah. So then, yeah. We realized that we wouldn't have minded <laughs> yeah. if it came earlier than we were calculating in our minds. And it just feels really right. Yeah. But yeah, the puppies, I have to say, watching them grow, because every week they have a different face, um, and yeah, different expressions that they come with, and they do th definitely trigger this like, hola, hey, you know I'm talking about you. Yeah, dogs are practice <laughs> children. Yes, and you're the naughty one. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it brings out all of these like feelings. I think it's really good preparation. Yeah. yeah, you get to see how you act together. 
Yeah. Like, I'm obviously going to be the one who lets our children be muddy on the couch. Yeah. So now she knows that about me. Yeah. yeah. So I have to put Daddy and the puppies in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and give them a treat afterwards. <laughs> hey. Yes, and we were also talking recently in the in the car that um, even though there's these questions, right? It's like, what? We, we got an abandoned house and we fixed it up and we invested a lot of time, energy, sweat, blood and tears and money, a lot of money, to only find out months later that I'm not at home. Let's go. And it's like sometimes you know, we've, we've like thought about it or had some attachment, obviously, because of the energy that we put into it. But in retrospect, looking at different hurdles that we needed to jump, I really feel there has been such an importance to us setting the foundation of our relationship. Like, and us not just having rainbows and sunshine right from the beginning, because that would have been the easy way to just la-la-la our way into the future. Whereas now we were hit with different confrontations and challenges, no? Me not really feeling at home. I had some attachment to Peru that I still needed to let go of, uh, different confrontations. And then ultimately, of course, within the pregnancy feeling like, fuck, this, this house that was meant to be our home, not just for right now, but actually for the first stages of us building our family doesn't feel right. I mean, I feel so ultimately blessed with you, who is just so willing to take initiative and to change and to let go and to deal with whatever emotions need to be felt in that moment, but also to see like what is priority right now. And I can fix habits. Yes. And what I see is that that project of fixing up houses, this might actually be our future business because we're so good at it. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember like right from the beginning, I mean, I had just arrived in Thailand and even though we already knew we're very complimentary, it is a great test to, to fix up a house together. And mm -hmm. honestly, I, I saw how effortless it went because everything I loved doing, he hated. And everything he loved doing, I wouldn't even attempt, like building a bed, right? It's like, and he loved it. And so we yeah. just became... And we, we do trust each other. Like, I feel you trust me to fix things. Yeah, so we trusted nice. each other There's to, no like... micromanaging. Yeah. Make bigger investments and... And even with like things like bigger investments, like the air conditioning, like we, we upgraded the one that we wanted very quickly because we knew certain things are more important in climates like this. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, I think, I mean, one thing that was kind of painful for me was thinking how much money we spent, assuming we we're going to be there for four or five years and how, many, how yeah. much time I spent fixing this and that. It's like, Jesus, like that was a lot of work days put into it. But then I thought, of, I mean, you know, it feels, in one hand, it feels like a waste to have only lived there six months. But on the other hand, if we look at it as like a practice project or practice home, uh, it's better that, you know, it's like there's no reason to spend four years in your practice home. Yeah. Right? It's like we got to go through the entire uh, build the home together cycle, like one practice run through quickly so then we can move on to our yeah. your home faster, like a practice relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I have definite memory of like the, like me driving myself nuts being in a city trying to find the things that we needed for our home, which anyway, the city was quite confronting for me. However, I think that the decision was easier for me because my entire being and body and this soul growing in my womb was just like, no, I can't. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is easier for me to let go because the feeling is so strong, 
so strong. Yeah, and yeah. if if you weren't pregnant, I may have, I maybe would have argued with you yeah. more about leaving. But yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's just like ultimately, I trust that. But I also I'm like, yeah, it's the baby's the priorities, right? So if you're not feeling good, that's yeah. that's what who cares about anything else? Yeah, yeah, the experience was so black and white. Like the nausea was this lingering nausea because every woman has a different experience. For me, it was this lingering nausea from morning to late in the afternoon without actually needing to purge, but no wanting to eat. And when a woman doesn't eat whilst being pregnant, all of her nutrients is obviously sucked from other places in her body to support the growing fetus. And so that in itself will have tremendous effects on the emotional status and the mental status and all of these things, right? So I, I saw myself like having these really intense low waves. And the moment I removed myself from Chiang Mai and went into nature, it was like, day and night and it just really gave real clear indication but anyway back to what we were talking about all of these tests and hurdles that actually set the foundation for us to know like how strong we are as a couple even though if you just look at the black and white numbers of how long we've actually been in the physical realm together it's not been that long and yet it really feels like the absolute right timing for all of this to unfold because mm -hmm. had we for example become pregnant at the end of this year then we would have been exactly where we are now with our work with our home situation with and mm -hmm. why not now really i feel like wow i feel really yeah. liberated by all of this yeah because also when i look back at times where i was really living on faith things happened really fast and that was cool give me an example um and one random one, ah, I don't know. They need so much context, but like, there's a lot of little decisions I made, and they just like manifest. I don't like that word, but they materialized very quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I can share many little things, but we're boring. <laughs> no, they're fascinating. But what I wanted to add as well, because like, also, we're talking about after the birth of the child, most likely leaving Thailand. So when we reconnected a year ago and we started to fall in love and I was in Peru and he was here and because of the pandemic, obviously we got more so guided towards Thailand because Thailand had actually organized its ship quite well for the people and it seemed like there was a lot more freedom than the extreme quarantines that we went through in Peru. And right after I left, COVID came into the valley and everyone got sick. So anyway, all of those steps seemed really aligned to come here. And yet here we are, pregnant, thinking and talking and dreaming about where are we really going to settle down? And so that also brings up question, you know, like why was it even necessary to come here? But the thing that makes the most sense, not that everything needs, uh, you know, a thought out reason or definition, but it is comforting to, to see that actually I came here and really needed to lean on you mm -hmm. because you know this place, you know the people, you had all the answers to whatever question I, I had, um, where to find what, you know the language a little bit, I speak none. And had it been reversed, um, I would have been in that position of being the guide and the stronger one, the one speaking Spanish and the one being able to, you know, yeah, it would, God, been, yeah, it would have been bad for our polarity. Exactly. And I don't think it would have set up uh, 
pregnancy well. No. Because yeah, yeah. I really believe how you, how you stand together in the beginning stages of your relationship really defines a lot for the foundation that you build. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that I was forced to lean on you, and I remember going through these little initiations because it's something that I had wanted for so long, like a freaking man I could lean on and trust in everything that he says and does and what he proposes. Um, and yet in the past, I would often be that person. And so the universe conspired to ensure I would be forced into a scenario where I literally had no choice. Because I remember in the beginning, before coming on, I even said, oh yeah, how about I find my own house? And then we kind of start dating. But somehow I, I ended up in your house immediately, and I'm very happy that that happened. There were all of these moments where I really, extreme in an extreme form, had to lean on you. It's funny because when you, you did look for other houses, but there was nothing of a even reasonable price nearby. But then yeah. when we first looked for our house together, we found this amazing deal on this abandoned house in this perfect lot. You know? True. So little winks from the universe. Yeah. yeah. It had to be like this. Yeah. For the lessons, for the establishment of our foundation, to be able to fall pregnant and understand we can really lean on each other. And especially for me as a woman who most of her life has been driven by parts of her masculinity to feel safe, no? and to feel empowered and now really sinking into deeper empowerment of the feminine, which also has been really a strong aspect of my whole journey, especially in all of those years I worked with women. And yet what a woman can experience beyond women's circles, beyond sisterhood, but actually as the feminine in a strong relationship with another, with a man, is, is is nothing in comparison with what we can achieve within our own connection to our feminine as women. Like there's something in the polarity that offers the space to sink deeper. And so what we went through in the first establishing of our relationship really allowed me to sink deeper and prepare me for, for pregnancy. To really like just be a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Love the <a> woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, as a final subject, we can just talk a little bit about sex magic. Okay. I feel like uh, we're discovering it. So I don't want to say anything definitively, at least for myself, because this is like a new type of exploration that we've both dabbled in this idea a lot and have done things a bunch. But, um, yeah. I mean, the one thing that I feel like is really solid that I've never seen written anywhere or that, like, it's never been taught or anything I practice, but, like, just, like, that the most basic or the first chapter, the first milestone is giving both people unity, confidence, and openness, which are all the kind of the same thing in a sense. Like, forget about, I mean, your intentions and big stuff and creative visions and all that stuff comes from it. But like, the most important thing is you're doing a practice with your bodies using pleasure to be open. Because then everything can be good. It's like, the, it's a foundation. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you say it like that because 
the path that I chose regarding Tantra in the past is a little different than the New Age Tantra and the over-sexualized aspect of it. And what I always saw, not to say that my truth is the only truth, because I know there's truths in that realm that perhaps I don't understand. However, the the way that I learned is that there is an aspect of Tantra regarding the heart and the heart connection, and thus the unity that cannot be faked. And so when you look at certain techniques or rituals that you do with your partner, if it is a partner that you're not truly deeply from the heart connected with, then you're simply doing pleasure exercises that will only get you so far. Whereas there is a magic, because in essence they, they talk about Tantra or any sexual practice in, in the sacred spheres um, as a way to God, right? It's like a prayer in the embodiment, a, a way to transcend. And so there's an aspect to it that cannot be faked, which is really the heart connection. And so the way that you're talking about it, I mean, I'm just translating it in my own words, where I feel like there has to be that trust in each other, which is such a great trust. Like it's beyond the trust that you can have for yourself or like the trust you have for yourself obviously depends or the trust I have for you depends on the trust I have for myself. But that state of openness can only be achieved when having such a profound connection. But I agree with you. Like we've explored different rituals in the recent past uh, that have all been really beautiful. And we've also looked in bookstores and online for certain books that don't exist or very ancient ones that were written badly. By ancient, you mean like the 70s? Is that book yeah. you read, Sex Magic by really L- bad. Lewis Colick? Do okay. not read it. Well, it was just I written, mean, it was written from a, it was written from like the, like, uh, neo-pagan, there's a lot of extra, like, stuff that maybe isn't necessary. It was also written from a perspective that women are objects, uh, to be used as a vessel. Yeah. Which, which is, again goes against what both of us are saying regarding the aspect of unity that is required. The way I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even today, like, we, we had a very short, we had a relatively short lovemaking session, but transmuted. You're kind of, like, not feeling so good. Yeah. Your heart was not... Present. Present. Yeah. And then it was present. And then it was present. And that's magic. Right there. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, to, to change someone's... Because, yeah, you change that emotion so clearly. It's like you change the filter on reality. Exactly. And the rest of the day has been great. Yeah. So we have one core intention that we work with and we've committed to 21 days, 21 consecutive days. Um, but that's all we're sharing for now. And yeah, the experience today, because obviously there's a very powerful connection between the heart and the sex center of a woman and the heart has to be open for more pleasure to be received. And it was like the most black and white experience. Like, I did not feel any sensation in my yoni. Um, and then the moment he asked me where my heart was, I opened up to allowing the heart to become present again because there was something that somehow made my heart flee. Yeah, it made you laugh too. Yeah. I forget what, how. <laughs> That's also and then I giggled it open and all of this pleasure started to flow. Yeah, it was also like a thing with like uh, the whole unity thing. Like if you're really seeing yourself as a unit 
a survival unit or like an entity together. Like if you, if your heart isn't open, it's like, it's our business, right? Like, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, cause you were not in a good mood. You're like, Oh, let me just do whatever. But it's like, uh, if we're really going into this kind of spiritual faith thing, that is more important than anything. Like you cannot, you do not go on to the next square until the heart has been reopened. There's no point eating. There's no point checking off what to do. There's no point trying exactly. to create something. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I really love where we are because we have this main practice that connects us daily on a very profound level. And we give each other a lot of space to fill in the other aspects for ourselves that ultimately allow us to feel connected. And for me, I have my moments of prayer, which, you know, similar to you, I feel like I have connected in my time during being in Thailand to, you know, certain rituals that I like doing for the moon cycles. And of course, solstice and equinox. I've, I've kept those. But the way I was praying in Peru, because I was making a fire every night, and, and therefore the fire invites you to just speak to the fire, like it's that simple. Whereas here, that element is not there. And so I've needed to reinvent the way that prayer is, is there. And so now being here and both of us being committed to like enhancing and reconnecting in a very strong, profound and direct way to our spiritual essence wow, it has really accelerated like these these little moments in the way that I start my day with prayer and end my day with prayer. And even in the evening, I've started to incorporate rose tea because rose is such a beautiful heart medicine so that I ensure I go to bed with an open heart. I wake up with an open heart. And during the day, we take a moment to connect through sex magic and ensure that our hearts remain open. And so, wow. I'm excited to see what this month will bring. Can I share about my liquids? Yeah. Not milk. I know you don't want to talk about milk. No. I'm not, not going to mention milk. But I've been drinking Jiao Galan. I think that's, I, this is a little tidbit, I think, maybe for men, but maybe for women, too. Drinking Jiao Galan. I've also been getting off coffee, so I don't know exactly what ex- it is. My ritual has been drinking Jiao Galan tea. Uh, some things online say it's an aphrodisiac. I wouldn't go that far. But it, the saponins in Jagalan do produce nitric oxide and I do do notice a lot more stamina circulation which I think he gets stamina a lot more circulation down there and not in like a, an aggressive way like a pharmaceutical would so if anyone's listening you want to stop by a local tea shop or check out some new Jagalan brand that may hit, hit the world soon um, yeah yeah we can share more about that it's a recommendation and I can affirm that. I feel your situation. Great. <laughs> I really do. Confirmation of reality. <laughs> yeah, so it was nice having you on my show. Yeah. <laughs> we should do this more often. Yeah, I hope I can be invited again. Sometime. Yeah, I will consider you as a guest. Great. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Make Love to Life podcast, the place where we uncover all the barriers that prevent you from experiencing deeper intimacy. If you are looking to attract love and authentic partnership, then hit the subscribe button and go to my website, nalayachakana.com to sign up for my private group, Make Love to Life. See you there.